Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Inside the Monster with Steve Peralt and Joey Capone. Welcome to episode 50 of the official Red Sox podcast, Inside the Monster, presented by Odyssey with myself, Steve Peralt, and Joey Capone. The Red Sox lost the Little League Classic, and hope of a run for that last postseason spot is fading fast. How you doing, Joey? Well, you know, they just lost the Little League World Almost said the Little League they, World Series. They just series. lost the Little League World Series. The Red Sox <laughs> got, the to the, they got to the championship, and they lost mm-hmm. the Little League World Series. It sucks. It 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 does, man, because you really thought they were going to beat Iowa. But yeah. you know, they got a stacked squad over there, bro, so it kind of makes sense. No, nah, man, I'm doing terribly. Um, this <laughs> series, I mean, probably, is it safe to say a series, a season low point? I I got a fun stat for you based off what you just said, Joey. Perfect. All right, so... Is it actually fun? Nope. I was doing a deep dive and going back day by day by day by day through this season. And because when I when I realized... After Schreiber gives up that bases-clearing double, you know the game's over in the eighth. And it hits you. Okay, they're going to be six back in the wildcard race. And I'm thinking, okay, when was the last time they were six back? Because I don't remember it ever being six back. Like, in, in terms of following the wildcard race, I don't remember a six next to the Red Sox name. Mm. The last time they were six or more games back in the wild card race was when they were 10 and 19. That's a joke. <laughs> it's That's dead a joke. Serious. I am dead like, serious. Since then they've been closer they've been than six games back. Closer than six games back of the last wild card spot. Wow. How insane is that? When we when we did that episode wow. It was basically the low point of the season. You had just gotten swept by the White Sox in Boston. And, you know, we're compared. That's when we come up like, you know, be like 96, all that stuff. And that was mm-hmm. basically the same distance back in the wild card that they are right now at 60 and 62. So, you know, what's wicked funny about you saying that, dude. Yeah. 60 and 62 through 122 games. The 1996 Red Sox. We're 59 and 63. Okay. So basically the same. Yeah. So yeah, one game. They're one game ahead. 
There was a point in time during the season <laughs> where we debated, like, we should probably drop that because it's not relevant anymore. June. Right? Yeah. They're, yeah. Like, they're 11 games up on this 96 team. There's no way. It's not even worth talking about anymore. And now they essentially have the same record. If they lose game one of this Toronto series, it's going to be the same record. I remember late June, we were thinking, we had almost forgotten about the be like 96 thing. I mean, that wasn't mm-hmm. even a discussion. At that point, it was like, oh, please, they're, they're way better than 96. Uh, but yeah, I don't really know where to start. I, I think that one was eye-opening, seeing that they haven't been this far back since that point. I don't want to be over the top here. I'm just being honest. This is going to be a very honest show. When that double went down the line, I'm like, well, that's it. I think I think that was my last hope in this season, uh, in this team potentially getting a postseason spot. I feel I feel pretty confident in it. I know a lot of people were very willing to say the season was over after the deadline or even before the deadline. Sox, obviously, what, they lose the last two out of three to the Yankees for the All-Star break. A lot of people right there with the, the sale pinky were done. And I think it, it took me until that bases clearing double to be like, yeah, I think I think that's it. <laughs> I think well, it, what's up? Let me say, let me say, I'm, I'm in a similar boat as you in that moment. I felt the same way. On the off chance here, they come in and come back home and sweep the Blue Jays. It's not happening. You still feel that way? Okay, well. It's not happening. See, that's the well, thing. Like, we just got to be realistic, Joey, you know? Mm-hmm. We got it. They've, they're what, 16 and 32 against the AL East? They, they, they turn it up and down and up and down. Like, but they, you they just don't, never though. know. They don't, though. I, I, I think it's, June is now so distant that you just can't comp this version to June. Obviously, the injuries are a huge part of it, but. Mm-hmm. So much just happens over two months in a baseball season that this is a completely different team. Xander looks different, even though sure. what a weird mm-hmm. homer. What a weird homer. Let's talk about that for a second. It's the fastest mm-hmm. pitch he's ever hit for a home run in his career. And it's his 10th home run of the season, which is way down, obviously, compared to la- uh, previous seasons. Mm-hmm. And yet he hasn't. I can't remember Xander ever looking like this. He just doesn't look like himself. Obviously, he gets pissed off in Baltimore. I want your thoughts on that, Joey, on the ejection. Yeah, we what should, were you thinking we should, when that we happened? We should get there. Well, I want to I wanna talk more about this moment first. The Yeah, well, you. The, I, th- I saw you tweet something along the lines of, like, don't give me hope. I, I had no reaction to that home run. I totally <laughs> felt it. I, well, well, no, what I, I saw not. happening was Xander you know, went deep, and then mm. I saw, like, Rafi hitting another solo shot. JD hits a double, and then... Like three strikeouts. Did you really think like that I, was going to happen? I didn't think that was going to happen. I mean, I, I I saw them getting within one, and then, like I said, strikeouts are like a like a pop up straight up. I the thought that went through my head when that double went down the line, my uh, automatic brain said, "I wish June just like didn't happen. I wish that I didn't have." an idea of one, how good this team could be. And I wish I didn't have the hope that they were a postseason team. I wish that like it was one extreme or the other. I wish like, obviously June's not sustainable. It's not like a great reference, but like I wish they were either like they maintained and were like consistent or I wish they were just trash. And I could be like, you know what? Hey, it's just going to be a, a season where we watch for the fun of it. And, and we have these fun moments and whatever. But instead it's like, this series had a ton of fun moments, a ton of things I would love to talk with you about and laugh and joke around about, but unfortunately, we're so hung up on the idea that like we believed this team could be playing in October, and every series, they kind of remind us that that's not very likely. 
I just I just think it's it's very clear that it's not meant to be for this team. I, I can pretty comfortably say that now. And Joey, you and I are are optimistic fans. I think we look at this Red Sox team relatively similarly in, in that you don't want to close the door until you really feel like it's not going to happen. I remember in 2019, I was hanging on for longer than I should have. Um, but something about it, it you just you, you, you add all the ingredients up and it just doesn't equate to any kind of it's you're not going to get this eight or nine game win streak I've been talking about. It's just not going to happen especially with the opponents you have to play. And that's what you need to get back in this race. And it's just, I don't envision that happening. Uh, you had a chance to still stick around by beating the Orioles, but let's also be real. You got the Jays and Rays coming to town. If anyone thinks they're going to win even five out of six, four out of six of these, you're kind of asking a lot for based on how they've played those teams. So I, the Xander stuff is interesting though, because yeah. I can't remember just on the, on the ejection. I mm-hmm. can't remember him really having a moment like that. Like, that was extremely uncharacteristic of Bogey. Mm-hmm. What, what's up? Second time he's ever been ejected, period. Yeah, he got, he got tossed in 18, and mm-hmm. I had to look it up to... I don't even remember what happened with that one, but I was just searching Bogart's ejection, and they were like, the only other time was in 2018, late August, I think. If, if you got tossed in 2018, it's no one remembers anyone getting tossed because they just won every night. There was nothing to be upset about, but... I saw that happen and just immediately thought, like, wow, this is really something's up with Bogey. And you never know if it's just he said after the game, you know, that it was more just letting out some frustration with how things have been going for him, for the team. Um, But it it just I don't know. It just felt uncharacteristic. Mm -hmm. Rafi doesn't look right. Even when he's making contact, he can't really get around the bases that much. Uh, JD's obviously struggled a lot. I was very stunned to see that. He's still second in the American League in doubles. That kind of caught me off guard, uh, even though he's got one homer in the last like eight million at bats. But two more doubles this series. I know. So he's he's definitely put himself in a uh, a great position there for the doubles crown in the American There's League. Something to root for. Yeah, I think he's one behind Jose Ramirez. But yeah, the Xander stuff was just interesting, and I don't know. Like I I I think we've talked about this before. There are times mm. in in my head in my brain. Mm-hmm. Where I, I go, I go to the upside down, where I'm like looking at the worst parts of the current Red Sox setup, and like my my brain will go there, and I'm like, oh, that's scary in here. I don't like this at all, and I'll immediately like jump back out and and find a way out. And in this series, especially today, you I know, don't during even know this, if I want to hear this. This is no, gonna, I'm just no, no, uh, I'm not going to get too Xander crazy with stuff. it. No, I'm just saying. Again, jo- Joey, this mm-hmm. is these are necessary therapy sessions for you, I, and everyone listening. Mm-hmm. There are times with Xander and with some of these other guys where I just go into this like scary headspace and think, "No, you can't think that. You can't think that. You can't think this is like the last time we're going to see him." And you just jump right back out, and you're hoping for the best, and then nothing really happens. And you're like, "Yeah, you mm-hmm. you you kind of just have to trust what you're seeing with the Sox team, and it's one that doesn't have." Uh, necessarily all the ingredients that you need to to make the playoffs. If you had played this season 10 times, I think they'd probably make the playoffs six or seven of them. I think we are in two or three of the scenarios where they don't make the playoffs with this exact team and just running it back with the same exact games and all that. So that part of it sucks, but it's just when it when a team gives you enough reasons to – 
uh, doubt them, you gotta you gotta believe it. <laughs> you know, you gotta believe that it's just not gonna happen, and that's where I'm at. I mean, fair enough, man. I totally get Bogey's frustrations. I mean, fans all feel the same way. I think you and I feel the same way. I think a lot of the personnel feels the same way. I think Cora has made it pretty clear that he feels the same way too. Yeah. Uh, but I think for Bogey, it's obviously more pertinent. You know, being in a contract year and. Uh, being kind of frustrated with the situation, you know, being that, you know, he wants to stick around, but there hasn't really been talks. And then his agent says they're talking, says then he doesn't want to talk. And then, you know, having the year that he's having going into um, a, a contract year, I'm sure it's not not the season he envisioned. And also just not how he envisioned the year going with the club. So uh, I get it. And I don't know if you follow Ump scorecards. I'm sure you see them, though, anyway, because everybody retweets them and, and whatnot on Twitter. Um, but that game where where Xander got thrown out, that ball, you know, that called strike mm. that was an inch, maybe two inches borderline. out of the zone. Borderline. A very borderline pitch. That was like one of the only missed calls in that whole game. Yeah, and the other two, the other two like noticeable calls, hadn't happened yet in that game. Yeah, so like that umpire had like a borderline perfect performance up to that point. I think Bogey was zero percent mad at the umpire. That had nothing to do with him, and uh, I mean, I think I think that was pretty clear. But it was more so afterwards. He almost felt like apologetic in the post game when he's like, "Man, it's just a lot of things. I obviously wanted, you know." Rafi coming up behind me and wanting to give him a shot, blah, blah, blah. But it's not really about that. And yeah, and we all knew. It. I think he thought the pitch was close and he wanted it to be a ball and it was called a strike and he just kind of let it all out. I, I, I think we've all been in a scenario where we're like, mm-hmm. one more thing happens. I'm going to lose my freaking mind. <laughs> oh, dude, I had one of those. I still think about this was like probably seven or eight years ago. This is something I really don't do. I want to preface this by saying I, I like service workers yeah. me not like that canadian kid on the oh the, we'll talk the about broadcast today yeah i i really love uh workers in that industry because i've never had to do it i've never like been a server or whatever i tip mm. well on purpose even if i get a coffee i got a coffee the other day and i tipped and yeah. i got my receipt and i paid 12 dollars for one coffee because i Just i left a nice tip right yep. um eight years ago or so i was in the airport like you know, flight had been canceled. They'd lost my bag. Like, like it was just a, a, a whatever, a buildup. I went to Starbucks. I never go to Starbucks. And I ordered, um, a, it was like a chocolate milkshake. And I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> all their milkshakes or, or frappes or whatever. Frappuccinos. Frappuccinos. It wasn't even a coffee thing. It was just like a, like a dessert thing. I don't yeah. think it's something on their menu anymore. But okay. all of their smoothies or whatever have banana in them. And I didn't know that. And I like took a Wait, sip. What do you and do? I, what all all Starbucks? What are you talking about? All right, I'll, I'll let you keep going. This I, doesn't I sound swear right. to God. I swear to God. All these all their smoothies at the time had banana in them. So I, <laughs> I grabbed my drink. Wrong. I I took a sip. I swear to God, it just said chocolate. <laughs> and I turned. I know it because I took a sip of this chocolate thing. I turned back to the guy and I was like, "Is this banana?" <laughs> and he's like, "All of our smoothies have banana in them." And I went, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> And 
and I and I like I didn't throw the drink at him or anything, but I put it down and I walked away. And the guy was like, "Sir, sir," as I walked <laughs> off and I stormed away. And that's exactly what happened to Xander there. It was like it's not that big of a deal. I'm not mad about the banana, dude. I'm mad that I'm stuck in Atlanta. Yeah, you know. It, well, it was first off that was hilarious. Secondly. Uh, I don't. <laughs> something happened at this Starbucks because I've never heard of all the frappuccinos having banana in them. <laughs> Dude, look it up. I don't know. It used to be a thing. It was like smoothies, or I don't even know what it okay, was. Okay, might have been. Okay, no. It, see, I'm not familiar with the smoothies. It might have been a smoothie thing. It might have been a, like they might have had separate smoothies. Then okay. Anyway, um, yeah. but that's thirdly, what happened there. That's what happened there. He got a banana that, and he was he flipped out about the banana. He wasn't mad yes. about the banana. The funny thing <laughs> to me um, is that. You see the side angle, right, of Cora coming out, like being like, no, 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 like don't throw him out, like don't throw him out. And then he tosses Xander, which he, let's be real, you have to. You got to toss him there. He threw his bat and then he got in the ump's face. I mean, that's the definition of an ejection. Like he throws mm-hmm. him out. Cora loses his mind that he threw out Xander. And obviously Cora's got to protect his guy. You know, he's got to do the whole thing. I like that Cora kind of went into Lou Pinella mode and was like, you know, drawing out what the strike zone is and was losing his mm-hmm. mind, which you know is another guy letting out a bunch of frustration that didn't really have to do with the umpire. <laughs> so I kind of feel for the ump because I remember seeing the pitch. A lot of times at the screen, I'll just yell, I'll just, you know, yell, oh, no, or, you know, you just yell, no, 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 or whatever. If you think a pitch is a ball and then you see him, you know, lift the shoulder up, like, no, no, don't do it. Don't call it a strike. Um, but it wasn't egregious. It was not an egregious call. There have been many, many, like in the Little League Classic, Nick got screwed on that pitch in the bottom of the first. That should have been strike three, perfect curveball. Guy calls it a ball, next pitch is up the middle, Red Sox are down two to one. So there's been many a pitch this season that have been egregious. That was not one of them to Xander. And so that was an example of two guys just losing their mind over the frustration of what's going on with the team. I think Um, Cora was a little more grounded because he was upset that, like, the umpire, quote, should have waited for him. But like you said. You like, can't, though. Th- yeah. We don't obviously know what Xander said. Uh, but I, I, I heard uh, an umpire on um, the podcast Unwritten with uh, Ron Darling and uh, Hell of a show. Rollins. Hell of, Hell of a, a show. show. Uh, they had an umpire on who said, like, I, I, the, the basic rule of thumb is, like, the second it becomes personal, the second the word is mm. you, so like they can say, you know, that call was trash, but you can't say like you're trash. Like that's yeah. the second that, that you go. So if Xander turns and is like, "What are you doing? You suck." Yeah, you probably you probably you gotta go. So we, yeah, and we've seen enough of these games where you just know if you do a combo of a bat throw and a get in the ump grill, you're gone. That's just mm-hmm. that's just how it goes. So the thing that during that broadcast, well, it might have been the next day. What the hell is an equipment violation? Have you ever heard of this in your it's baseball a, life? It's a baseball yellow card. It's just it's a but it's a, like it's getting off of a traffic stop with a warning. It's never going to come back. I know? know. See, I after looking at it, I, I could have guessed what it is. My point is more sure. like when when did this, I've been watching games forever? Equipment violation? <laughs> what? I think I think I remember one other. I want to say like. I want to say things like even as egregious as like like pine tar can be cons- like or too much you know whatever too much pine tar are still just considered an equipment violation. So like in the moment if it's caught it's just like a 
hey, this is like a warning and you got to switch that out. Or if like, I don't know if your elbow guard is too big. Is there regulations on that kind of stuff? That's where I, I don't know. But I've, I, it's something I've heard of, but I don't know what it really entails beyond a finger wag. This is one of the first times where I've had like a back in my day, like you either got tossed or you didn't. It wasn't like, oh, you get an equipment violation, so you better watch out, buddy. Like, dude threw his bat on the Orioles, which normally is good enough to get tossed. Like, normally mm-hmm. that reaches the level. Um, points mm-hmm. at the bat, which is like, what does he say? Equipment violation. No, 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 no. Does he just yell out equipment violation? <laughs> is that what's is equipment that what's happening? Violation. That's equipment violation on Orioles player. That's one. If you get another, I'm gonna toss you. Be I don't know. careful. It, be careful now. You got one. I just yeah. I thought that was so stupid. But um Little League classic. Yeah. We we got a lot we got a lot to break down with this game. I agree with you, Joey. It really does suck for many a reason that the Red Sox lost. Cause the day was fun. The day was fun. Oh, it was today? cool yeah, seeing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just. It was cool seeing the players interact uh, with the little league kids. Xander's Xander's just so cool, man. He's just like mm-hmm. as cool as the other side of the pillow. He's talking with these. I saw him. Uh, you know, mention that Pavetta's Canadian, and you know, talking to Team Canada. Yeah. I was like, this is exactly what Joey does. He's just like he said it funny too. He's like, he's Canadian, <laughs> like that. That he's was Canadian. Hilarious. He's. <laughs> yeah. He was just. I feel like they do that in the clubhouse. Like they bring up that he's from Canada all the time. So I that kind of confirmed so. that. But um, yeah, everything was cool. You know, Rafi interacting with these kids, and you know he still gets all nervous and whatnot. Which these kids, you can tell, are nervous. Some of them, not Canada mm-hmm. kid, uh, get kind of nervous talking to any of the players or any of the adults. But all that stuff is so cool. The, the way they do the Little League Classic is so cool. They get the field and all the players there, and you, you hear the Hawaii kids that obviously you're not going to a major league game in Hawaii, so it's like it's the first MLB game I've seen. It's just a great move by the league, and I love it. Mm-hmm. All that to say, and you see all the Little League pictures of when like Christian Arroyo and Kike, when all these guys were in Little League. It's a fun game. Mm-hmm. And then when if you lose it and you know your hopes of making the postseason are just dwindling, it just sucks. It just completely takes the wind out of you, and it's like, ah, all that fun stuff is not fun anymore. It, it immediately no. is just like, well, that sucks. If they were in a better position, I don't think we would have minded losing. You know what I mean? If we were like 100%. the top wild card seed right now, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you lost the game, but you know what? It's about the kids. <laughs> Dude, the first the first note I have written down is it's all about the kids. It's all about the kids. Of course it's this all about exactly, the kids. This is exactly, this really is all about the kids. It's all it was. I was thinking uh, when they showed like a wide shot of the ballpark, dude, I was like, I said that strange ballpark. Um, <laughs> they showed a wide shot of the ballpark. wide shot yard. of the ballpark, the 2 1. Mm, the pitch. Uh, I was like, it might be hard for these guys to like be in the headspace that this is a major league game that counts. There's yeah. 2,500 seats, more than half of them are children. You're in a place you've never been. You've spent all day like playing and like a lot of these kids aren't kids. even paying attention. Let's be honest; they're not really even watching. Yeah, you're not getting chance and like no. you know Yankees suck and the other things that come with like the Fenway crowd or whatever. Like, yeah, you're getting the wave, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, but you got Japan that, chanting I mean, Yankees suck. That was wild. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, you, you're not getting any of that. It's just not happening. No. Yeah, I mean, it must be weird to try to like get in the zone of like, no, this game counts. Yeah, we gotta play it like it, 
like it matters. I thought of that about the Field of Dreams game, but I think this is like a way bigger example. Mm. The benefits and the downside of in-game interviews with players that are major league players and players that are little league players. I did not need for a second, Joey, mm-hmm. that interview with the Canada kid. Like, what was that? Hand up. Yeah. I did not see it. Okay. But you, so I, you missed the Franchi Homer. No, I saw the Franchi Homer. It was during it, them interviewing the kid from Canada. Okay. So I was in my kitchen. I have like my TV in my office. I can see my office. So I can yeah. see it. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear the interview. Okay. Saw the Franchi Homer. Okay. Saw the Franchi Homer. So but I did, but I did not catch much of the interview. I saw people freaking out about it. Saw people saying the cashier thing. That's why I mentioned it a couple minutes ago. I like referenced something that I haven't seen. But <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> You're like I know like what my a favorite thing is. It's just like that scene in Game of Thrones where you know. Oh my god! I couldn't believe the dragons. It's, it's just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like Khaleesi is going ham. Yeah, no, I remember I that one. I know what she's doing. I don't know, bro. <laughs> I don't know. She's freaking me out this season. And like the White Walkers. Is that what they, uh, but anyway, so I mm. I honestly, Explain this kid. Explain to me what happened. This kid was driving me nuts. So mm. it's the eighth inning. Socks are down two to one. Weird game, by the way. Really weird game. The Orioles got two runs off a bunch of dinkers. Like it was a bunch of little dribblers <laughs> where guys weren't. What? They're a bunch of Dude, dink I've jobs. I've never heard dink. <laughs> They were little. I haven't said that on here before. Dinkers, like if you dinkers? Like, oh, a little I don't dinker, think so. I don't think like, a, little, a little, a little like dinker that just like gets through the infield because you're shifted a certain way. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's what they were. They were dinkers, and Pavetta, you, you can see it. He, he wears his emotions. You know, I, I was gonna say mm-hmm. on his on his sleeve, on his face. You know, he, he just yeah, he just we has love him for it. Yes, and so you can see him like you have to be bleeping kidding me. This is how they're getting on base here. And you have to play uh, with Tommy Pham in left field. Who Pham's had a couple questionable plays in the outfield uh, recently. Yeah, that missed one in game one. Yeah, Yeah, missed one in Camden, missed one early in this one. And I mentioned the the strike three that Pavetta should have gotten. He was really pissed. And then the next pitch goes in the outfield. So two crappy runs, really. It wasn't anything special. Red Sox, Kike drives one in. You got a 2-1 game. And then just nothing happens, really, for the next, like, six, seven innings. And you get to the eighth inning, and they decide, oh, this is a great time to interview this cocky kid from Canada uh, in the top of the eighth of a 2-1 game with big-time playoff ramifications for us that, that you know, care about this and still believe a little bit. And sure enough, Franchi is up. And these th- like this is always a this-is-my-nightmare scenario when you're interviewing a kid, and it's just, or you're interviewing anybody during a game. When, say, let's say if Nesson has someone in the booth or whatever, and... Something is happening during the game, and I'm like, why, why, why? Why am I hearing from this, like, 13-year-old from Canada that thinks he's, like, the coolest kid on the planet? This kid was – all right, here's the deal, Joey. I got to – Yeah, yeah, fill me in, bro. I got to know what happened. No, I'm I was just saying – I couldn't find I don't want to go in on this kid because he's a kid. So, and I, I tweeted, understand he's I, a I, child. No, I know. It's just, like, I, I'm not going to be the clown that's like, this kid sucks. But, like, it was – the answers were just, like, brutal. Where you could just tell, and I think every we we all had this kid in our grade growing up that was like, oh yeah, Chase, like God, he loves himself, like he is the worst. And so this kid and Buster's like, oh, you know, you're um, you're really easy with the interviews. You're really good at this. He's like, yeah, because I'm famous and like I'm a huge deal. And like it wasn't like funny. It was just 
he was being bizarre, and then he was calling out cashiers. He's like, I'm not going to do something boring, like be a cashier when I grow up. I'm like, who is this kid? Stinks. What is Oof. going on here? Oof. Sure enough, while that's happening, Franchi goes deep to tie the game, which means eight million different things. It's like the only reason he's there is because you get an extra player for the Little League Classic. You get to call an extra guy up. So he wouldn't right. even even been there. This is something they should be saying on the broadcast. And instead, you just have this kid answering a question about, like, you know, how cool he is, even though he's not cool at all. Franchi goes deep the other way, which is another storyline because it was impossible for anyone to hit one out at this place. And he's rounding the bases, and it's just silence. And I'm like, this is just the worst. So um, Did the kid really keep weird talking? Moment. Well, he didn't know what to, like, Buster kind of asked him a question but didn't. And it was just the whole thing was weird. It was cringy. I couldn't even, like, watch the interview. But they got to know. And Buster's got to know. Buster's a pro. He's been doing this forever. But he had an interview with a kid from Hawaii that went way too long. It's like, dude, wrap it that up. One like, was, that one was Get long. it back to the game. Like, I, mm. I just – I think what they did with the mic'd up players was great. And Christian Arroyo was awesome. And I know yeah, he's well, our guys who were homers. Yeah. But, like, the Odor thing was hilarious. Like, hey, I didn't hit you. Like, don't hit me. That's funny. Um, I don't know if it fully landed with Ravitch and them. But it was – that was, I think Eduardo Perez immediately picked up on it and and knew mm-hmm. it was funny. And Christian's just good in his feet. He's 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 good with all that. But yeah, the Canada kid drove me nuts, man. That oh man, he's a kid. I, I get it. But he was uh, very obnoxious. I'm bummed. I'm bummed. I missed it, dude. I I like hating kids. So that'd be <laughs> <laughs> having a kid makes you realize that. Um, how how much you don't like other kids? Because I, kid, I used to. Most kids suck. Most kids suck. I, I feel like people yeah. don't want to say it. We. I'm sure I sucked. Like, mm. I, I just. Most kids are obnoxious. Well, your brain isn't. Like, your brain isn't done being your brain yet. No. It's still got to become your brain. I used to. I used to really like kids and like Hank. Like I was like you know like camp counselor kind of thing. You know like yeah. Ah, just like it's fun to just like play again. You know yeah. like that's, yeah. it's fun to do that. And now that I have a kid of my own, I couldn't imagine like hanging out with somebody else's kid. When like another kid at like the playground or the park like, comes up to me and is like, "I'm turning seven next month," I'm like, "Don't talk to me. Go away. Go away." And I kick them. I, mean, I usually kick them. So I'm sad that I missed this. <laughs> there are definitely kids out there that that, and I'm talking like you know, little league that get it. I I was coaching mm-hmm. a little bit in between working at Ness and working at Bleacher Report. I did this like Red Sox camps thing. This was like seven eight years ago. And they do a great job, by the way. It's like the summer camp where you play for four days and then you get to go to Fenway on Friday and like take your picture on the field and like do all this cool stuff and meet a player. Xander would normally be the guy that they meet. So it wasn't like a scrub, like you meet a legit player. And mm-hmm. I'd be the coach of a team. And normally it was like half the kids were all right. One or two of the kids I could tell are going to be like the president one day because they just had everything figured out. And like they they were the captain of the team and just they, they were great kids. And then there were three that were like devils that were really just there to make your life a living hell. And I can see it on some of these teams. I really can. Where it's like you got some of those kids that are kind of – because I was watching the the Massachusetts team. And unfortunately, they lost their first two games. They had some fight, but a terrible defensive team. And I'm sure the coach knew that going in. It's like it's maybe going to be our Achilles heel, and it was. But they had a couple of kids on there and a couple of kids on these other teams that – point the finger and then hang the head when a play is not made. And I'm like, ah, those, those ones are always kind of tough, but yeah, all this to say Canada kids stinks. Um, and it was just a, you just didn't need that interview, but mm-hmm. I did love the Arroyo thing. And I know you did and I obviously, that, that was a necessary. That was great. The yes. The mic'd up mm-hmm. stuff for the players, I think was a big win and not like they, you know, they've been doing that on Sunday night baseball, but it just felt, 
it felt more uh, necessary for the Little League Classic to do this instead of mm-hmm. like when Kike did it in Game Three of the season in New York. I it didn't feel as necessary then, but yeah, dude, uh, Christian was like better at broadcasting than the broadcasters were at that moment. Did, did he you was feel like, like there were moments that. where a hundred percent there were moments where like he came to the end of a thought and it would just kind of be quiet for a sec, and then someone would be like. Hey, Christian, what position do you like playing the most? It's like, the Christian Arroyo is the easiest guy to talk to in the world. I know. And that's coming from me, who's not yeah. a conversationalist. Like, <laughs> he's, he's just the easiest dude to talk to in the world. So I, I, that, that made me feel weird. But it also made me, made me wonder if he's always that talkative with guys on the bases. You know what I mean? I, I don't Probably. know if that was like turned up for TV, but... Uh, underrated part of that interaction, like obviously the "don't hit me" thing is is the highlight, but the "do you need ice? Are you all right?" <laughs> yeah, that is was so very great because like the, the clip is going around out of context, so I think people I won't get the fact that it touched like a button of his shirt. I know, and he's like, "Oh, are you all right? Geez, are you okay? Do you need?" need it anything? is tough when that happens really when like in order to include all the context, you'd never have a clip that's going to have both. Like if they didn't show the highlight during the clip, then it's just not going to happen. But Mm-hmm. I think Christian's just, he's a funny dude. Uh, he's good on his feet. I, and I don't know if you heard this, Joey, but they, I guess they, well, they mentioned it on the broadcast, but the first couple of pitches that they had Arroyo, I'm like, oh, that's what pitch comm sounds like. I was like, wait a second. Like, is that, is anyone else hearing that? Did you hear that on the broadcast where it was like no. four seamer inside? It was coming because the infielders have pitch comm in their hats too. So they know where the pitch is, so they can get, you know, maybe it's going to be outside. Maybe I lean to my left if I'm a second baseman because it's going to hit it the opposite way. Mm -hmm. So that was eye-opening. Shout out to Carl Ravitch for Mm -hmm. calling out. He's like, we kind of have a situation here, Christian, where we can hear the pitches through your pitch com. (laughs) And this, I don't know how he worded it. He worded it funny. He was like, we might have a dicey situation here (laughs) where, like, if there's an Orioles person that's watching the broadcast. This is live. So credit to him for doing that because I was like, you know, if somebody on the Orioles just gives them a heads up, they're going to know all the pitches that are coming in, like, a very important game. So Mm -hmm. uh, that was kind of funny. But, no, Christian's great, man. I mean, he's he's built for that. I think he's a great example of why mic'd up players during a game can work. But you need someone that can do it. I thought Juan Soto was really good a couple weeks ago. It was one of his first uh, games with the Padres in L.A. And, you know, talking about his chains and, like, he's like, this is weird. It's Sunday Night Baseball and it's still light out. Like, it was – he had some really good stuff there. And and as you would know, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've been following these guys for a long time. There's a difference between funny and player funny. And I think Christian Arroyo is actually funny. I don't think he's, like, oh, yeah. player funny. Like, there's some of these guys where it's like, oh, my God, did you see what so-and-so said on mic Up? I'm like, yeah, it really wasn't that. Jose Ramirez. Oh, but that's funny. That's unintentionally Not funny. because, exactly, yeah. Yeah. But so, I guess there's three it Like, oh, three isn't categories. Jose Ramirez funny? It's like, no, 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 like, he's not No, funny. he's not. But <laughs> <laughs> this clip he's, of him is funny. I would say funny. he is funny. He sounds <laughs> Just cutting right to the chase. He sounds he just, funny. He sounds funny. I mean, it just is what it is. But, um... Yeah, I think overall, I think the Little League Classic's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really cool thing that Major League Baseball does. Obviously, the Field of Dreams is a big hit. Uh, sucks that that won't be back next year because of construction in, in Iowa. Just all of Iowa. It's just a bunch yeah, of construction. Iowa's going under on. construction <laughs> next Iowa's year. Iowa's under construction next year. Um, but 
and they avoided the rain for too. New Iowa. New What's Iowa's going to be sick. I'm excited for New Iowa. New oh, Iowa. It's going to be gonna awesome, be cool. dude. New Iowa is going to come back like you've never seen before. It's going to be like a whole new place. Um, yeah. And Give really your condo can't yet? wait. Not yet. No, no. I'm looking forward to it though. Um, you got New Mexico and New Iowa. We got. Yeah, we got to get on that state. quick. <laughs> got to get on uh, that. But yeah, the actual game. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's Schreiber, right? It comes down to Schreiber, and it's hard to really get upset at him. The guy's been so valuable for the team. I did my same thing with Pavetta that I did with Schreiber. Broke it down month by month for the ERA. In May, Schreiber had a 174. In June, he had a zero ERA. July, 314. August is a 540. So pre-All-Star break, 160 ERA for Schreiber. Post-All-Star break, 411. And kind of feels like that. Kind of feels like a guy that's been relied on a little too much. And in too many pressure situations and it just has kind of uh, caught up with them. And it's, it really is hard to get upset at Shriver. The guy's been incredible for the Sox and you expected very little of him, and he's been your best reliever for the majority of the year. So it just sucks though. Right. Cause it's like you plunk a guy, you walk O'Dor on four pitches, you get behind on Mateo two one, and I'm just like, oh, God, it's going to happen right here, isn't it? It just kind of felt like that. Next pitch, down the line, game's over. So that was yeah. that was the difference in the series. Yeah, like you said, can't be upset with him, dude. You'd be you'd be a psycho or you'd be just like have been in a coma for the, the greater yeah. majority of this season. He's been the most unexpected, reliable piece of this team. Uh, I mean, a couple other guys are giving him a, a run for his money now, like Fam, uh, even like Reese McGuire going under the wire, kind of in that same spot. Reese uh, has been great. Reese has yeah. been great since they got him, and he seems to be fitting in well. I thought, I know you're not huge on Maz <laughs> calling the games, but no, I thought he highlighted it well with like, you can't underrate how hard it is to just in August come to a new team and be like you know, understand all the pitcher's tendencies and all that and learn that that quickly. That can't be easy. So I'm no, sure that's that, a big part of That's got to be it. the hardest position to be moved mid-year. Yes, 100%. 100%. Yeah. But yeah. that series, uh, what a weird one. You know, you have the the game on Friday. I was in uh, P-Town this weekend. Shout out to P-Town. I'll, I'll talk about P-Town a little bit in closing thoughts. Love P-Town. And so Elaine and I are, were, were going out. I was going to watch the second half of the game on the old phone. And in that little gap there between like the third and the fifth inning, a whole game happened. I'm like, what, what the hell's going on here? I think it was six Mm -hmm. to four Orioles. And in like real time of like 20 minutes, maybe not even that much time. I look down and it's 13 to nine. I'm like, what what the hell's going on here? It was just absolutely uh, insane. I know it sucks because you give up four in the bottom of the fourth. That mm-hmm. made it 10 to four Orioles. And you're thinking, okay, this is, I don't know. You know, you're already in that mode that we've been in so many times in game ones of series. We're like, got to win the next two now. And it's like the third inning of the first game. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You still have so many innings left. Um, you have 24 innings left. And you're like, here we go. Here we go again. But it was 10 to four. And we're in that mode, obviously. Sox score five runs in the top of the fifth, ten to nine. Like, all right, and then just just give up five. 
So it's just just immediately goes from ten to nine to fifteen to nine, and that was just it. Dude, that game was torture. Yeah, the one the like you said, getting back within one run, like that in itself is torturous. But the fact that the game was so long, and you, even after you you knew the game was over, it just I it, was it a four hour game? Did it hit four hours? I want to oh, say sure. it did. The, I was listening to the or watching the uh, YouTube recap that MLB puts out for four the hours and six minutes. Yeah, that that's four hours. Yeah, uh, it sure is. Uh, and the uh, do people say Masson or Mason? The M A S N. I think I think it's Masson, yeah. Masson, the Masson commentator, as like the the Orioles' fifth home run sort over the wall, was like, "And we're never gonna leave the ballpark. This one is out too." It's like that must be great. That sounds awesome, man. It sounds like you guys are having a great time. It's almost a bummer. It's too much of a bummer right now to listen to road broadcasts. Or to oh, can't do it to any extent. Like, I mean, there like were just having a good time. There were 37 hits in that game. The Red Sox had more hits. They had 19. The Orioles had 18, uh, which is insane. 19, 18. But, yeah, I think uh, Stats watches the road broadcast probably to get the the strike zone. But mm-hmm. some of these road broadcasts are uh, – they got to be painful because it's just, oh, there's mm-hmm. another run. There's another – you know, drives in three. Like, it's got to suck. What do you think Stats' setup is like? Because he's also watching, like, minor league games. Do so you think he's got a multi-TV setup or what? Oh, definitely. Yeah, Stats is a big minor league guy. You know, I'm, I'm not the prospects guy. I never have been. But I just kind of rely on whatever Stats is putting out there to keep up with Cassis. Connor Wong has been going off. Um, there will be a name he throws out there every two to three weeks where I'm like, who the hell is that guy? And apparently it's one of the best prospects in the Red Sox system. So I'm like, all right, good to know. But, nice, cool. Yeah, it's like sick. All right, we got another good guy. We'll see him in a couple of years. But uh, yeah, just overall, I, I don't know. I didn't have a, I don't have an endless list of thoughts from from the series. I, I think the wild card game, like I mentioned before, is really cool. Uh, it sucks the Red Sox lost it. I know Joey and uh, see that's the thing. Like you mentioned, we were going to talk about like our favorite, well, you know, little league moments, and and we got the listeners' favorite little league moments. There are some funny ones in there, but it's just mm-hmm. we're still going to do that. Because we said we'd do it, but it's hard mm-hmm. to do it after what just but happened. Just know that we're not happy about it. Yeah, we're going to do uh, it in a very upset way. It, just some little positive takeaways, I guess. Not even positive takeaways. Who cares? Just some just some things. Walk is great. Walk is great. Uh, Kike went four for 12 with two doubles and a bomb. Welcome back, Kike. There you go. Welcome back, Kike. Uh, JD had a good series, went three for seven, two doubles. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, your thoughts on the the cardboard slides? It seems like they need to like they need to like spray those puppies down or something. They have to have some kind of slickness to them because it's too mm. dry. You you have a, a piece mm. of cardboard on like this dry dirt that just doesn't. Clearly, the players, if you have too much weight, and and just if you have more mm. weight than a kid, which is all the players. Then you're just gonna fall off the cardboard. I, I'm kind of stunned. Like this is me going into like now now mode, but Dad I mode. yeah I'm like listen up. I, I honestly was like one of these guys might actually get hurt. Like I actually thought that watching some of these, I'm like eesh. Mm-hmm. One of the kids yeah. got d- d- wiped out. Was that <laughs> Rutschman that took him out? Might have been just like I think kid it was Adley wiped out. Yeah, I saw. I saw. I, I'm not sure if it was. It was somebody. Yeah, it somebody. was some other Orioles player. I think. Yeah. 
But I saw uh, the Orioles tweeted a clip of Adley going up yeah. there and like getting ready to slide down. And I don't know what it is, dude, but like my gut reaction, along with a lot of other people's, is like, be careful. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what are you thinking? Oh my God, is the team letting you do this? What are they thinking? And I just saw one reply that changed my mind. Just one guy was like, yeah, you know what else is dangerous? Standing in the box with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball coming towards you. Yeah. Like, okay. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess there is just kind of like inherent. There's risk in that. But what a I don't completely know. different that thing. Feels... That doesn't have. There's no compet. Like we're talking about wiping kids out, right? I, I mean. Oh no 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 no. I I I wasn't worried about Adley hurting a kid. I mean. Oh, you're saying. Oh, okay. No, no. Bottom. Sorry. So I was I was hearing people wrong. were worried oh, about themselves. Adley getting hurt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah players yeah, hurting yeah. themselves. Um. And it's like, yeah. I guess like if you're an athlete, you're kind of built for doing athletic things. Yeah, you, you know, are. The, but the then risk it comes of down to me like, getting hurt there versus Adley Rutschman is not the same. Yeah, you, I mean your contract is because of getting in the box and facing those pitches. It's not you're not getting paid to go down the hill at the Little League World Series. But I'm not going to be it's the. Guaranteed. No, I'm not a, against fun. You know, I I think it was the Cora one was hilarious, and mm-hmm. I know Cora for a fact that had to hurt. That looked like that hurt. But shout out to AC for just acting like he was good. <laughs> You're going face first down a like pretty steep hill of like a bunch of dirt and probably rocks and stuff. And you're now mm-hmm. off the cardboard and just eating it. <laughs> like he was he yeah. was eating it for like half that hill. You can't tell me that didn't hurt. I think you and I growing up definitely had some moments. Mm-hmm. I know I had a good handful of them where I was in so much pain, but just had to act cool and just like, nah, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm not dying mm-hmm. on the inside. Um mm-hmm. Falling off a scooter was definitely one of those. But, yeah, it, it's it was funny to see that clip because it was like that that looked like that looked like it was painful. I, I texted yeah. him about that. I was like, Did that you? slide looked that slide looked hilarious. He goes, love. Uh, what do you say? Uh, love and life. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like love and life, man. Going down a hill. I think it's it isn't for a guy that got tossed out, you know, ejected in this in this series, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. and a season that's obviously not going the way he wants it to go. Probably mm-hmm. a deadline that didn't go the way he wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. I think there is a, a beauty in just going to Williamsport, and signing some autographs for some kids. He was handing out ice creams. I think Great this actually clip. is a good you know way to just check out a little bit, and that's all the more reason why. A comeback win would have been huge. Would have been. It would have been. But, but I think that love and life thing has got to be like a mantra he's telling himself in his head. You know what? Oh, just I'm sure. Love and life. Just keep yeah. loving life. Just, just loving enjoy it, every man. second of being alive. Yeah, Enjoying I'm living. the oxygen. Living, bro. Living. Uh, dude, you know what must have hurt more than falling is all those kids saying no thank you to the ice cream. Oh, I I, so all right. In that clip. Like, what am I doing sh- wrong shout out to, to uh, kids not like ice cream? Shout out to Sox Social. Uh, whoever was was down there, I'm sure Kelsey had a big say in it. But great clips, great mic'd up stuff with Verdugo. Uh, the core clips were great. Them getting off the plane, all that stuff. Everything looked awesome. And that clip you mentioned, Joey, of him mm-hmm. uh, that we're talking about here, of him giving out the ice creams. There's this kid on Massachusetts that looks at him like he's got two heads. I'm like, listen up, kid from Middleborough. Is it Middleborough? I think it's Middleborough. Sure, maybe. Is that? Let me. I want to. I want to get this right. I don't want to. It's somewhere wanna, I've never been. It is. Yeah, Middleborough. Okay. Kid looks at him like, "Who the hell is this guy?" That's the manager of the Boston Red Sox. What do you mean? Who is this guy? And I, I didn't see him. He didn't actually say that, but he gave him this look mm-hmm. of like, no, you know, 
guy. I don't weirdo. want an ice cream from you, weirdo. I'm like, stranger. Yeah. Like, that's stranger the manager trying to give of, me candy. The Red Sox. What are you figuring out, kid? I, this whole episode is going to be ripping kids. Yeah. Days. Welcome to our Little League special. This kid's stupid. This kid's a moron. Most kids suck. <laughs> um. Anyway, I saw I saw the end of that clip. Watch that clip if you got it, if you haven't seen it yet. I want to let me let me look at this back. I want to see if I'm overreacting here. Am I overreacting? Uh, a go. little bit because I think I think the look he gave him was like some shock, and then also like there's a camera right behind AC, so he's like, oh, what's going on here? I don't even know yeah. if he registers who <laughs> me, it is. Let me see this clip again. He could very well Cora's, be a Sox fan who just Cora's didn't giving register. out ice cream. Sees some kids from Massachusetts. Hey, you want it? This kid looks at him like, nah, I don't I don't want ice cream from you, buddy. No, and don't talk to me again. <laughs> don't talk to me. Get away from me. I don't know. I just I saw that and I'm like, dude, you gotta know who AC is. Like that's come on now. You gotta but, know who AC is. Um But yeah, I, I think it was uh, obviously a letdown of a night. It was a cool day for for the Sox and for the league. But uh, we'll we'll have we got some more we got some more takeaways we got some look aheads uh, to potential future scenarios coming up here. But before we do that, we will take a break on episode fifty of Inside the Monster. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to episode 50 of Inside the Monster. Joey, we know a real famous 50 that plays for the Red Sox. It's Cutter Crawford. Hey, it's Rich Garces. It's the Cutter Crawford episode. The El Guapo episode. Yeah. What a Mike Timlin episode, ITM alum, Mike Timlin. Hell yeah. Quentin Berry. Never they, mm-hmm. were we at the game when they announced him as the first base coach for the was it the Brewers? I don't think so. I think it was the first game of the series. I might have I might have been there. You might have been home. Um mm-hmm. it was Sounds like me. No, you well, you were probably on dad duty, you know? Uh yeah. but they were like <laughs> they were like announcing the base coaches at the Red Sox Brewers series. 
They're like, and the first base coach for the Milwaukee Brewers 2013 World Series champion from the Red Sox, Quentin Barry. And it was just like Was everyone like it was crickets. It was what did <laughs> oh, I mean man. what did Quentin Barry real quick. Quentin Barry, since it is episode fifty, we'll give you a little shout out here. I think he was on the postseason roster as like a pinch runner. For the Red Sox oh, in dude. 2013, he played in 13 games. He hit 625. Wow. Jeez. Guy had a 1,600 OPS. Obviously, they announced them. <laughs> this makes so much more sense now. It's one of the greatest players in Red Sox history, Quentin Berry. Wow. How do we forget Bruce? about him? How do we forget? I, I got to see. Let's see uh, postseason. Did he do... Postseason for the Red Sox, three games, no at-bats, three mm. steals. Three mm. steals. This guy pinch ran three times and was successful every time. Caught stealing zero wow. times. Quentin yeah. Berry, Red Sox but, legend. And, and, and hey, I think that's it for 50s, for former well, 50s. Let's, let's give it up, Steve. Let's, all right. Let's, let's give it up for the real number 50 that we're all thinking about. Round of applause. Luke. Red Sox Lou legend Lou Merloni. Lou Merloni. <laughs> 1998 legend. <laughs> That's when Lou Dude. came up. I remember a couple pictures of him and Nomar. I'm like, what the hell is Lou doing wearing number 50? Did um, I tell you about uh, when I met Lou Merloni as a kid? I don't think so. Was it memorable? I have in my bedroom, beside my nightstand, as my home protection, a signed Lou Merloni bat. Wow. Uh, that I got signed by him when I was, I don't know, five years old. And um, my dad told me, like, like he, he <laughs> I think he, like, prefaced, like, who Lou Merloni was. He was like, mm-hmm. hey, he's Nomar's friend. <laughs> it's true. And I thought that was cool enough. I was like, that's, <laughs> that's all I got to know. And uh, when I met Lou, I asked him like 10 questions about Nomar. I didn't yeah. <laughs> like know like, hey, Mr. Can you sign my bat, please? It was just like, so Nomar's your friend? Like, what do you guys hang out? Did you go bowling? Yeah. What's that <laughs> what like? What do you huh? do? Is that fun? What does Nomar smell like? Yeah. <laughs> and I hammered him with questions. So my dad like pulled me away and was like, we can, we'll talk about Nomar another time, you and me, pal. Yeah. We don't need to hammer Lou Merloni about Nomar questions. Hey, you played with him. Was that sick? Was that cool? Do you ever think, wow, I'm really lucky I get to play with Nomar? <laughs> Have you ever thought about that, Lou? All right, all right. The, the bit's over. The bit's yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. All right. Famous former number 50s for the Boston Red Sox. Let's just say it. Let's just get this out of the way. It's Dusty Brown. It's Dusty Brown. It's Dusty Brown. All right. So, <laughs> other thoughts <laughs> from Red Sox Orioles, I think we wanted to. Uh, uh, th- we're giving the update every episode of Fangraphs playoff odds. We're just doing it every episode. That's what we're gonna do. Mm-hmm. And as of this moment, right now on Monday, August twenty second, what do you think it is, Joe Capone? Do they update after this game? They do. This is updated. Four point nine. Six point five. 6.5. Let's go. Yeah. We're playing All in right. October. Also, the Orioles are 4%, which is kind of hilarious. What? Yes. Aren't they like two games out? I think the Orioles, let's get an update here. 
this wild card standings update out. is brought to you by Ted's Roast Beef. Uh, are we seriously see. sponsored by Ted's? Ted's Roast Beef, yeah. The Orioles are two and a half out of the last wild card spot. The Red Sox are six games back. So the Sox are three and a half back of the Orioles, and they have a better chance of making the playoffs via fan graphs. Yeah, so That's that doesn't wild. make much sense now, does it? That's a little bit crazy, honestly. Strength of schedule? Maybe, but I mean, the Sox has got to be... I mean, that's got to be, like, one of the toughest. You know what sucks is that, like, the Franchi moment just kind of doesn't mean anything now. It's like, that could have been so cool. The dude had one homer in his previous 140 plate appearances. He was hitting 197 over that span since he got sent back down to Worcester in the beginning of August, the beginning of this month. He's got five homers all year. They're all on Sundays, which is really weird. Very strange. Did you see, I think it was might have been you that tweeted it out, that he was like, Six for his last eight with four homers in Worcester. I didn't tweet that out. Oh, it might have been now. Spear, I always mix you guys up. Yeah, we're very similar. Might have been Jared, Steve? honestly. I think Jared might have tweeted that. I don't think so. I don't think I follow anybody named Jared. <laughs> Jared Spear. <laughs> Jared Spear. Oh, yeah, It's yeah, yeah, Alex's yeah, yeah. brother. Alex's yeah. Brother. <laughs> it's his evil Imagine, twin. I can see Spear having a brother that's just a clown on like social media. Dude, giving out Alex bad info. Spear, if Alex Spear and Jared Carabas were siblings. <laughs> oh, God. That would, that would be bizarre. What, what a family. What do your parents look like? I know. That's going to uh, be quite the couple. I don't, Franchi, let, me, let me find this out. I, think I got one last Spear. thing on Franchi here for, yeah. for stats. It was from ESPN Stats and Info. It's the He's the first Red Sox pinch hitter to hit a game-tying home run in the eighth inning or later since Darnell McDonald on April 20th, 2010. It's been 12 years since that specific thing has happened, and it doesn't even matter because the Sox lost. I think that was all I had from the series. You got anything else, Joe? I don't know, man. I don't know if I got something Just else. Just sad, man. I don't know if I got something else. I don't even know what we're talking about, man. All right. Well, we'll before we get to closing thoughts, we will wrap mm-hmm. with our favorite Little League moments. Mm-hmm. And uh, Little League was the best. I love Little League. Well, I was in Little League for three years. The first one sucked, and it ended up being the best team that we had. A lot of times that's that can happen where you have, especially at that level, where some of the best kids – are mm-hmm. also like punks and like kind of full of themselves and and haven't mm-hmm. been told like to to shut up enough. And mm-hmm. so we had these two kids on our team. Uh, one of them named Matt Marshall, who ended up getting drafted in the NHL, who was just a all time clown, but one of the uh-huh. best baseball players I've ever seen in person mm-hmm. uh, growing up. And so we made the playoffs that first year. It was not fun at all. I uh, hated it. <laughs> it absolutely sucked. But then the next two years, uh, we had a lot more fun. Our teams weren't that great. It was kind of, I think, one of the years we were really bad. The other one was around 500. I made the all-star team the second and the third years, which I got to say, Joey, was the peak of my baseball career. And um, I don't know if I specifically have, like, games that stick out. I remember I I would pitch and play shortstop, and I remember playing tic-tac-toe with the opposing shortstop. So I would set that up in the dirt. And you'd play that as the game went along, which is a nice little touch. And that's what Little League should mm-hmm. be. Have fun, play ball, but also play tic-tac-toe with the opposing shortstop. And uh, 
Yeah, I don't know if there was any game. Uh, the best game I ever had was in Babe Ruth. It wasn't in Little League. So it, do you have a, a big moment that sticks out? No, I have no big moment that sticks out. Uh, I, in Little League, had maybe a combined like 10 hits ever. Uh, I was awful. Uh, there was uh, a weekend where a photographer came, like a professional photographer came and like, you know, took pictures of all of us, like a staged photo, you know, you, you take it for the card and whatever. But then uh, throughout the weekend, photographer was there taking, you know, in-game shots and whatever. And uh, the one that my mom bought um, was me like mid-swing, but I don't think she noticed when she bought it that I'm whiffing on a pitch in the dirt. <laughs> and so framed in my house is me, like, one hand on the bat, just, like, flailing openly at a pitch that's basically rolling towards me. Yeah. Uh, and that's, like, up on the wall at home. Oh, yeah. And um, I, we won uh, We won the Goffstown. Uh, look at the year on that guy. Oh, wow. Look at 2004. that. Huh? Impressive. Very big year, good. big year for baseball. Some say that we broke the curse. Some say that. I I should have. I, I gotta. Damn, if we're doing trophy talk, I gotta. I gotta get the all star trophies. I mean, I was like the highlight of like a baseball all star trophy. Like that's that's the greatest thing ever. It's uh, yeah, the photos. Gave, one of these to everyone on the team. You didn't have to be an all star. Oh, there you go. He's to everybody. You could get <laughs> like four hits throughout the year, and and they still give you one. You could be picking grass in right field, sitting on the ground. They'll still give you one. Yeah. I mean, few things topped. Like I remember in the Hingham Journal, they would have like updates on the standings, and they they I don't know. I mean, shout out to whoever was writing for the Hingham Journal because they took this very seriously. They would do like updates on the you know game recaps and stuff, and like wow, oh this team is really climbing up the standings, yada yada. So if your name was in there, you felt like you were the greatest player on the planet. Forget just little league. You're like, oh yeah, well, Nomar's name's in the paper, so is mine. <laughs> so we're basically at the same. I was level. in the Hingham Journal. Yeah, I was in the Hingham Journal. <laughs> Nomar's in the Boston Globe. Same thing, dude. So that was always a highlight. But yeah, Little League was the best, man. I mean, it's supposed to be fun, and that's I think why it kills me when I see some of these kids that are like trying to act too cool. It's like just have fun. You're not. None of you guys are as people better than the other one, like players wise, talent wise. I'm sure. But it's how you carry yourself. It just always drove me nuts. And I think it's because of just having that experience at first year at Little League where it was like literal punks that were our best players. So it was like, eh. You had to play this game of like, you know, uh, we, we, we can't discipline these guys. I just know my dad was one of the coaches, and that's kind of how they looked at it. It's like, ah, you can't sit them because they're the best player. So it's like no. they kind of got away with stuff. But um, You know what's kind of funny uh, in, 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 in having this be – the team that we play at the time of the little league, whatever the yeah uh, classic here. Um, my buddy, one of my best friends, played little league with Ryan McKenna, who's uh, Orioles outfielder. He's from Dover. He's from oh, New nice. Hampshire. Yeah. How about that? So that's kind of fun. How about that? That that's a fun fact right there. That's now just, we have something. Some of the listeners' favorite Little League moments. This comes in from Vinny. I don't understand this one at all. Try to break this one down, Joey. Like, Just l listen okay. to this one. He goes, yep, My most whatever. memorable Little League moment was during a playoff game. Bottom of extras, two fly balls to me. Second one I threw out the man on third at home. Next batter, fly ball to center. Center fielder drops it to lose the game. So am I reading? So, oh, okay. I, okay, I read this wrong the first time in my head. 
So he made the first two outs, right? Yeah, sounds it. Okay. Sound, and then so the second one throws a guy out going home. Mm-hmm. Then the next batter, fly ball to center, center fielder drops it, and they lose the game. That sucks. These didn't all have to be happy stories. Tough. It's tough. <laughs> these, these didn't all have to be happy I stories. I hope you beat them up after, dude. I really do. Yeah, exactly. This comes in from Mike. Hey, Mike. Shout out to Mike. This this is the Mike with a uh, dog named Nomar. Mike's a great dude. He sent me uh, the image. I think he sent it to us, actually, on ITM of uh, a kid's book that has yes. image of JD under quick. I'm like, who put this book together? JD Martinez on the page that's Q for quick. Somebody must have done that tongue in cheek. There's no way that's. I don't know. I don't know. And it looks like he and JD when he's running, he gives it his all. You gotta, he's got that face like, <laughs> trying. Well, he's man. in pain. He looks like he's in pain. I know. I'm trying. Mike says struck out looking to lose the game. <laughs> we need some positive ones. These are all <laughs> negative. All right, this is actually a funny negative one. This comes in from Zach. Okay. What if he Zach? goes? Our team was down 17 to nothing. I hit a three-run homer, and my third base coach goes wild, yelling. That's pride, boys. That's how you keep fighting. We lost the game 17 to 3. <laughs> <laughs> so it made That's pride, boys. Absolutely pride. No, no difference. That's, so That's something. Benji says most memorable little league moment for me was a game-winning home run, game-winning hit, sorry, game-winning hit on my birthday. Shout out to you, Benji. Good job, brother. Nice. Nice. This comes in from Zach, Little League All-Stars. I made a catch in right field with the bases loaded, smashing into the chain link fence. I turned and hit the cutoff who doubled somebody up, and I collapsed. <laughs> I had a concussion. So, wow. That is that is something. Yike. Yeah, Zach. Zach got concussed. Look out, Zach. Look out, Zach. Parker says, I once drove in four runs coming off the bench for an all-star team that the coach had beef with my regular season coach, so he refused Mm. to play me, but was forced Mm. to when his starting shortstop went down in the second inning with a twisted ankle, four RBI, a run score, diving catch, one five to four. Ooh, that one's good. Ooh, that that must have felt good. And I like that he remembers all the details. I'll tell you exactly what happened. I'm sure if you you ran into that coach at the grocery store, He'd be like, hey, remember that game where I came in in the second, then had four RBIs, and we won 5-4? Remember that? Ring any bells, Mike? That one, that one's very good. That one was very good. I like that one a lot. I think it's it's always funny to me, some of these parents that just take it so seriously, man. It's not that serious. Like, we're talking about Little League here. No one from Hingham Little League is going to play in the majors. Like, Relax. It just I, – I couldn't believe it because then when I got older, I would ump these games and you'd have a ball in the dirt and the dad's yelling, how is that not a strike? It's in the dirt. That's how it's on a strike. Like, shut up. I, I can't believe some of these parents. They take it too seriously, man. It's supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. Like, stop screaming. There, there was always a couple of dads mm-hmm. that would just be yelling their ass off. It's like, stop it, man. It's supposed to be fun. This is like mm-hmm. kids trying to win a game and then go get a slushy. Like, it's – Relax. Couldn't believe yeah. it. That's got like nice, to be nice, though. A little revenge instill, game. Oh, yeah. There's like a time and place to instill like a hard work ethic and all that stuff if you want to try to pursue it. You know, if you you know if you have the gene and you have the it, there's an age and a place to do it. In your town's Little League is like for sure not it. You should be on like 
all-star teams, state teams, and whatever yeah. at that time. And then that's the place where, okay, like you sit down, Ryan, and say, hey, if you want to take this seriously, well, it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of this and a lot of that. To just yell at your kid while he's playing Little League is the most preposterous thing in the world. And you know what upsets me? I'm going to go off for a second here. Yeah, yeah, do is it. Is that that's one of those things that you get told as a kid, like, oh, you'll understand when you're an adult. Mm-mm. Oh, you'll get it when you're when you're a parent. I'm an adult. I'm a parent. Don't get it. You still look like a <laughs> buffoon. You look like a buffoon. If I ever raise my voice at my kid's Little League game for anything other than like, hey, yeah, there we go, anything other than that kind of voice – knock my teeth out of my head steve okay just animalistic absolutely animalistic i get like really riled up about that dude i I know we've been we're ragging on kids a lot here but i i nothing now we got their back now we have your back kids yeah we got your back all right parents are the worst and school parents stink stay no stay up late Woo! don't don't do your homework have fun pizza for every meal watch tv hang out do fun stuff. Ride your bike. Girls are lame. Girls are so lame, man. <laughs> Eat your boogers. Imagine someone that just skipped to this part of the show. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Um, great use of buffoon by you. Thanks, I, was, I think that was the perfect place to use buffoon. Appreciate that. Greg says, I picked Paul Householder off third base from behind the plate. He played in the bigs. <laughs> Who wow. the hell? Doesn't Thanks. that sound like a made-up name? Oh, yeah, he I host down it. Paul Householder. Let me see. Paul Householder. Householder is such a made-up last name. American baseball player. Let's see. What What do you think his career average was? Paul Householder. Wow, he played average, actually a decent probably amount. Probably like 236. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not looking at it at all. <laughs> With like an OPS of like 667. Paul Householder, did he just miss being on some like really good Reds teams? Looks like it. Looks like it. Let me yeah, check out the to Reds. 87. Yeah, the Reds. The Reds won the World Series in '75 and '76, and then four years later, Householder comes around, and is just really not contributing that much. Things went downhill. But then they won in 1990. Not, he did not get any Hall of Fame votes. Unfortunately, yeah. That uh, Oliver, my first home run hit the top of the outfield fence and bounced over. Good for you, bro. I, I don't even know. I that's not a name. Getting cut from first federal savings and loan in Akron took up basketball as primary sport, where I did pretty good. I don't know if you read the question right. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Seth turned a triple play against his best friend's team when he was eleven. That's impressive. Yeah, these, these, are, all, these, go these, these are all pretty here? solid. These are all pretty solid. Was not a power hitter. This comes in from uh, the FIB. Was not a power hitter. Took one oppo and made the right fielder fall over backwards and got a homer. Didn't count. Ten batter max and I was 11. My dad's friend said, just do it again. Hand to God. Oppo again. Kid fell again. Carbon copy leading <laughs> off next inning. <laughs> Wow. That's pretty funny. Hand to God. I love this. This is we're going to be like, no way, dude. No way that happened. What are you, fibbing? Are you fibbing right now, the fib? Oh, man. These were, these were good. Let's, oh, we might have one last one here. All right. So I don't, I haven't read through this one. So maybe this one stinks. This is the last one. Okay. This comes in from, we're going to say John because he doesn't have a name. Oh. 
Hey, John. We were warming up before a game, and a hard grounder bounced up and hit me right in the lip. I was bleeding pretty bad, so the coach took off his white shirt, and we used it to help stop the bleeding. I went to the emergency room, and after some stitches, I returned to the game and cheered the team on from the dugout. I never asked my coach where he found another shirt to wear for the game, but I'll never forget his quick actions in an emergency. I felt bad that his shirt was thrown out by the hospital since it was completely bloodstained. After our team went undefeated that year, I gave him a shirt that I had custom made. It had the team name on the front and his name on the back with his favorite number. I made it in red. Our team colors were blue and red, just in case he needed to use it again in an emergency. Right, that's cool. Wow, that's a nice that's one. that's a great final one. That, that was, was a really awesome. good final one. That was really sweet. Nice job, How man. bad were you bleeding? Dude. This guy needed to remove his shirt to stop there, the bleeding. There are some messy baseball injuries. Do you remember uh, Bryce Flurry at all? Um, No. Bryce Bryce Flurry had a miserable comebacker. Red Sox. I don't remember how to play Bryce Flurry. I got it. Yep. Yeah. It's. I got it here. I remember watching that game. He got drilled in the face. Let's check this out. Oh yeah, I'm watching it now. Yeah, it's yeah, not. That's see. not what you want to happen. No. Oh. Right. Ugh. Yeah, it's. Oh, the it's pretty bad. It was horrendous. Yankees Red Sox line drive right off his face, and he's right like off his squealing nose. on the ground. He's got blood everywhere. Absolute boss though. Dude just gets up and like. They card him off. He's like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's screwed my face up. Shout yeah, out Bryce sucks. Flurry. Came back after that. Uh, before we get to closing thoughts here, this is a uh, tweet from Ian Brown. Uh-oh. It's a quote from Xander Bogarts. I was going through a rough period, and a lot of kids were coming up to me and saying, you're my favorite player. I'm like, I know I'm playing bad, but hearing something like that from the kids makes you feel proud of what you accomplished so far. That's a nice one there. Xander Bogarts. Look at us. Wholesome ITM episode today, folks. Wholesome ITM. That's what you need. Coming up next, we will wrap up episode 50 with our closing thoughts here on Inside the Monster. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back, wrapping up episode 50 here of Inside the Monster. Really wish they won that game, Joey. You know, the more I yeah, think I about it. Yeah, I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really wish they did. Wouldn't it have been cool if, like, who was up in the ninth? If they won I, the game, dude, yeah. Who was up in the ninth? I, I got to do, let me check this out. So, let's say Matty Backpacks. By the way, who's been very good since coming back? Mm-hmm. I think if, if Schreiber didn't give up that run, one of them, I believe, was charged to Barnes, then he would have had a 1-2-3 ERA, 1.23, since coming back, which is obviously filthy. But then things went south quickly. Let's say the Sox get out of this. Now we're just in hypothetical la-la land here. But mm-hmm. let's say the Sox got out of that, and then Xander hit the home run, and then they win. Obviously different scenarios because they brought their closer in. But, like, imagine... Sox win 3-2 off a of Franchi homer in the 8th, Xander homer in the ninth. Imagine, right? Imagine if like something that didn't happen just happened. Thinking about it? Imagine it. That would be nuts. I have nothing right? to add on top of that, but it would have been it would have been cool to be sitting here like, "Hey, four yeah. I think that would have been technically four straight series wins." Mhm. Which is and wild the first time to say. winning like a more than a one game series against the AL East. Oh yeah, they did it against the Yankees and and the oh, the Yankees, the Yankees. Yeah, For, it would have been their first time this season winning a series in Williamsport. That's true. I also feel true? bad. Nate Nate had a Little League Classics Little League Classic champion uh, graphic ready to go, so you can't use that. Shout out Nate That's true. for the thought. Uh, closing thoughts though, Joey. P Town mm-hmm. is a hell of a place. Went to Provincetown. For the weekend, mm-hmm. it was a, a B-Day gift from Elaine, a little trip, a little weekend getaway trip, and just a really cool walk-around type of type of spot. It is easy boat from Boston to P-Town. You get there, Ooh. put your bags down, you walk around, go to restaurants, there's a bunch of bars. It's just a really neat setup, uh, a very uh, well well documented, a very gay-friendly area, and I got to say, Joey... Mm-hmm. People are so nice there, <laughs> like insanely, insanely polite, insanely in polite. Mm-hmm. Like, are this, this is maybe a weird thing to say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is the straight community just like so much meaner than the gay community? Is that is that? No, just... I think P Town is like an island, bro. I think I mean not literally an island, but you know what I mean. Like, I think it's just like it's an isolated area where people all came together and were like, hey crazy idea yeah what if we're all like nice to each other what yeah. if we're like we're all nice you walk into a store and someone says like have a great day and it mm. feels like they mean it yeah you know it really like, and it just feels like it's that stretch too i don't know what the, i forget what the street's mm-hmm. called but like that one long street there congress street with, i want to say yeah sounds right Maybe. where there's just a bunch bunch of stores bars on the on the beach and mm-hmm. just like you got the aqua bar there which is great um just a great oh, that's place. That's the one with like the deck, like it has like yep. a dock out on the yeah, right on yeah. top of the ocean. It's like mm-hmm. the vibes are immaculate. 
I got this hat there. Got a P-Town hat. Mm. I've been getting hats everywhere I go this year. So that's a fun fact. But yeah, P-Town's great. Uh, really cool setup. Would recommend. And it's just a very like relaxed environment. Like mm. I mentioned, people are nice. I just I say that because you come from Boston and it's just, I mean, it's B-Day nice. night out mm. uh, at the bars by Fenway. Some of these people like deserve to get punched in the face. Like we're mm. just acting like absolute clowns, reckless. It's like, are, what are you doing? I look at some mm. of these these people, and I'm like, what? Are, you're acting like an idiot. I I mean, in their defense, a lot of them are Yankee fans, so they know no no different than to act like a right, clown. Right. But you then go to Provincetown, where everyone's just like friendly and welcoming, and like, hey, have a fun time here. Uh, that's what they say. They're like, have a fun time here. Hey, welcome to Pete Town. Have a fun yeah, time. Yeah, they're all like, hey, welcome, welcome to Pete Hey, Town. we're a very gay-friendly community. Welcome. <laughs> have a fun yeah. time. They'll <laughs> sell like you that. You know Pete Town. Dude, a yeah. serious question about Pete Town. Serious yeah. question. It's going to sound yeah. a little out of pocket if somebody's never been there. Um, a lot of Russian girls there still? Uh, no. There's not no. a lot of girls there. It, a lot of guys. A lot of, okay, so in my experience, dude, a um, lot of Russian women that come here and work during the summertime. Okay. Um, usually when I was younger. It's like when I was like, you know, 20, 21, you know, go out there yep. with, with pals. And uh, um, like every restaurant had like five or six like Russian girls who are like my age, right? Mm. And um, maybe this will stand out to you. Maybe it won't. But I think this is just like the, the most blunt interaction I've ever had with a lady in my life. Um, had like a 20 minute conversation with this Russian girl and I was like, like heart flutter. And I'm like, I'm hitting it off right now. Like I am <laughs> nailing this. Like, like we're laughing, we're joking, great time. And at the end of it, I should mention she's at a hostess stand outside of a restaurant. So I'm, st- she's, I'm standing at her workplace. It's like f- kind of frowned upon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big time. And uh, I end the conversation with like, hey, um, you know, here are some friends. Like when, when you get out of here, um, would you want to like grab an ice cream? Which, by the way, very wholesome thing of me to say. Not go that grab is. a drink. Not, no, they, not, not to do Let's, let's get, get a nice get ice lot of good cream ice cream places the there. A lot of good ice cream places there. Yep. Let's get a, a nice ice cream and walk on the beach. How about that? And she mm. goes, oh, no. <laughs> and that was it. And I was like, Okay. Have a have a good night. I was stunned. I, was I love stunned. the bluntness. I love that. Yeah, I think like an American girl would. Oh, okay, yeah, like maybe yeah, gets the not? fake number or like, Ugh. oh, tonight's not good. She's just like, no, I'm not interested. Thank you. No, not like, doing that. All right, perfect. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. appreciate the offer. Thanks. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, that's funny. Uh, there's. There, we went to we went to this one. It was kind of like a clubbish type of bar. I I forget what the name was, but. You basically go in a lot, a lot of, a lot of shirtless dudes in Pete Town. If that's your thing, Pete Town's your place. A lot of, a lot of if, you're, if you're gay and haven't heard of Pete Town, <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> Here I am, like breaking yeah. the news. Like, they, they, like I think they know. Yeah, I think but, they're aware, bro. I think anyone who's interested is probably I, aware of what Pete Town so is. We go to this one club, and this is like a lot of them at at, at this point, and it was a hundred percent guys. It was 100, and this is like an outdoor, right by the beach area. Mm-hmm. And it's just eye-opening when anywhere, it's 100% of a gender. 
and I not like inside you know, a sorority or fraternity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And most with shirts off or like you know some kind of outfit on, and and I'm there with Elaine, and I'm just like, kind of feel for it. you're the only girl here. She was the only girl in the entire place, and we end up talking to this this guy David, this gay gentleman, 68 years old, 68. Mm-hmm living his life he's got this like what is it a toga is that what they call it where it's <laughs> he's wearing a toga is it a toga like a, is, did he I look think, like a roman well i think it i think it was the end of what they call carnival week i think it's called carnival week i mm-hmm. believe a lot of festivals a lot of parties and i think like i don't know i i again i'm just guessing that like the toga is part of the attire if you want to okay i'm new here i don't know i don't whatever know you, hey, do you guys you do, do a togas <laughs> you guys do togas it's totally fine but no we had a great combo uh, and and then yeah we i mean we we head out i'm just like that was that was such a unique experience to be at a place where it's literally 100 percent of a gender but uh it's it's a hell of a time in p-town a lot of fun people like i mentioned before are just uh, no one's mean to anyone like it's and I'm I'm not I'm making it sound like in Boston people just like swear at you for no reason but it's just a different it's a much different pace the food there is so good there's a lot of different restaurants it's just a a vibrant place and uh yeah worthy of a a weekend getaway but that was all I had Joey you got anything nice yeah I went to Sea Town and they uh, <laughs> they suck over there everyone there is so mean they're bad and they're not friendly to any other lifestyles they're mean the town right the, the full name is crap town it's short for crappy town yeah <laughs> and yeah the mayor spit in my eye when i got off the boat wow yeah and they're like you didn't even need to take a boat you idiot and nice then, yeah and then boom yeah. yeah so that was kind of my closing thought um, there you go that's yeah. uh it's good stuff i gotta get to uh, martha's vineyard in Nantucket. Oh, I was wearing my great. Jaws shoes like all weekend and the amount of people that were like, dude, love his shoes. They, I don't know why I do that voice. They, none of them sounded like that. Nobody, nobody there was like, dude, love your kicks. Like, I'm just, that's hey. my go-to when it's a guy giving a compliment. That's all I do. I just resort to nice kicks, bro. Um, but it's... The I, vineyard's I wanna... great, bro. If you haven't been on the vineyard, we should look for like an Airbnb or something on the vineyard. Get like, like a, a vineyard house. Oh, hell yeah. You know do it up, Bay. We'll be, have some free time day. in October, huh? You want to go to Martha's Vineyard in October? I think we'll have a little more free time than we expected. Yeah. 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 I'm not All going right. to the Vineyard in October. Yeah, probably not. No. Yeah. Probably not. Just go tomorrow. Yeah. We'll be there off tomorrow. Day. We'll see you guys there tomorrow. All our Vineyard listeners. Tough, tough off day, by the way. Tough off day. Tough. See, Joey, that's another thing. If you had that going into an off day, and then it's like, hey, you know, you you took two out of the first three in this nine-game stretch, and then you got the Jays and the Rays, blah, 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 and it's just... You went to do the voice again there. I know. Whatever. Hey, you took a couple. You could win some more. Nice shoes, by the way. It's me, Alex Spear, giving you a stance. <laughs> Imagine if Spear just sounded like that. I'm the stack guy. What? What? That's what I do. Hey, I'm statting here. I'm statting over here. Oh, man. All right. That'll do it for episode 50. 
Next you'll hear from us is previewing this Blue Jays Red Sox three gamer from Fenway Park. For Joey Capone, I am Steve Peralt. Go Sox kid. Inside the Monster is a production of Odyssey in partnership with the Boston Red Sox. The show is produced by me, Steve Peralt. Our executive producer is Lena Glazer, mixing and video editing by Joey Capone. Special thanks to the Red Sox and Major League Baseball for their contributions to the production of this podcast. Thank you.